This episode of Rudder Dead is sponsored by the Read Harder Journal. Created by Book Riot, the smartly designed reading log consists of entry pages to record stats, impressions, and reviews of each book you read. Evenly interspersed amongst these entry pages are 12 challenges inspired by Book Riot's annual Read Harder initiative, which began in 2015 to encourage readers to pick up passed over books, try out new genres, and choose titles from a wider range of voices and perspectives. Indulge your inner book nerd and read a book about books. Get a new perspective on current events by reading a book written by an immigrant. Find a hidden gem by reading a book published by an independent independent press and so much more. Each challenge includes an inspiring quotation, an explanation of why the challenge will prove to be rewarding, and five book recommendations that fulfill the challenge. You can get your copy at bookriot.com slash readharderjournal. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 44, and we are recording on Tuesday, January 29th. I'm Katie McLean, along with Rincey Abraham, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Katie. Hi, Rincey. How are you on this horrifically cold evening? It's like so ridiculous how cold it is outside. I'm actually sitting in my room with a blanket over me, so I mean... <laughs> I've got three shirts on. <laughs> yeah, like I went to work with... Uh, three, yeah, three. Sh- I well, I wore like a tank top, a shirt, another shirt, and then a jacket. So, yeah, I've I've got I've got my work shirt, my work cardigan, and then a sweatshirt over that. Yeah. Um, for anyone who does not live in the Midwest, let let me explain. Um, we're tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, as in Wednesday, January thirtieth, is supposed to be like record-setting cold, with wind chills possibly getting down into like negative fifty. As like, in like five zero, five yeah. zero, not one five, five zero. Like negative fifteen is the high without wind chill, and that's in Fahrenheit, by the way. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fahrenheit. Um, so like businesses, schools, libraries. Everything is just shut down. We got out of work early today at the at the library where I work. We're closed tomorrow, and we're not even opening again until one o'clock p.m. on Thursday. Yeah, I think that's what my like local library is doing too. Is something like noon or one o'clock or something like that. They're reopening on Thursday. Yeah. So I mean, someone someone on my Facebook on my Facebook uh, feed, they just said for anyone who doesn't live in Illinois, just they're like if they're wondering how cold it is, they just said just just know that Wednesday is canceled. Like, <laughs> like no one's going anywhere. Um, and of course, this is on top of getting anywhere from like five to ten inches of snow on mu- yesterday? Monday. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yep, because we had a, we had a snow day at work yesterday too. So we got a ton of snow d- dumped on us, and then it's going to be negative fifty, and then it's going to be positive forty by Sunday, and, and possibly raining. So and possibly raining. Yeah. So <laughs> welcome to Chicago. <laughs> oh my gosh! But even this is pretty intense for yeah. Chicago. Like everyone's a little afraid. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's really funny because you know there's people out there who believe that climate change is not a thing and i'm like just look at this week this is not normal this is i mean like i can handle it being like cold and snowy and whatever but this like back and forth is too much i i just i don't even like i just have a feeling i'm gonna have like the worst headache by the end of the weekend because like when the temperature fluctuates i did my head i just tend to get headaches and stuff and 
But for now, we're just planning. I'm like, okay, we've got food. Like, we don't need to go anywhere tomorrow. I think I've, uh, I, I, uh, am probably going to end up rescheduling a doctor's appointment I had tomorrow morning. I'm just, I think honestly, tomorrow my plan is just to find a blanket and all of the books that I'm in the middle of and just hunker down with like a mug of tea and just read. Yeah, that sounds like a good way to spend the day because, like, honestly, if you don't need to go anywhere, you should not be going anywhere. No. Yeah, if anyone anyone listening to this is in the Midwest and you're listening to this on Friday, I hope everyone survived okay. Yeah, seriously. Um, like, it's, it, it is scary cold, and I am not happy about it. Although, we were talking about this at work today about how there's that thing where, like, if you take boiling water and you throw it outside, like, when it's this cold out, it, like, immediately turns into snow – and so, like, all of my coworkers are like, we're totally going to do that tomorrow. <laughs> I'll, uh, if Blaine needs an activity, I'll give <laughs> I will, I'll send him out onto the porch to try that, but. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, so, welcome to the show. Um, if you are a longtime listener, welcome back. If you are a new listener, welcome. I hope it is warmer wherever you are listening from. Um, although chances are it probably is now that I think about it. Because, like, I keep seeing all these things about, like, how Chicago is going to be colder than, like... Antarctica. Antarctica, Mount Everest, Anchorage, Siberia... People are calling this Shiberia, like Chicago, yeah. Chi-town. I've um, also heard, um, what? oh my gosh, what was the other one? It was like Arctica or something like that. It, you know, putting in like Mike Dicka's name for Antarctica <laughs> or something like that. That was a good new one wow. that I saw. <laughs> wow. I have not heard that one before. Um, I remember a couple of years ago when it got really cold and they were like, in Chicago, it's colder than it is on Mars. Like, I yes. feel like that's kind of the level that we're at right now. Basically, yeah. Colder than Mars. So wherever you're listening from, I hope I hope it's slightly warmer than that. Um, so we, um, when we're not uh, freaking out about cold weather, we are talking about mysteries and thrillers and true crime and movie adaptations and uh, subgenres and reading lists and awards and anything and everything in between. Um, so we've, we've actually got a pretty good mixed bag here for this episode. Um, and as always, um, we like to use this up, use this time of the show to put out a um, put out a call to our listeners to send us suggestions or feedback or anything like that about stuff that we've talked about on the show or things that you would like us to talk about. Um, if you have, if there's a subgenre that you don't know much about but have kind of been interested in, or if there's a news item that you saw and you thought would be really cool, um, if there's an author that you're interested in but aren't quite sure where to start, anything along those lines, um, send us, you know, send us a message. We'll have all of our contact information at the end of the show. Um, so make sure to stay tuned for that. Um, but, we, you know, we love hearing from our listeners, and we've gotten some really great episode ideas um, from you guys. So keep the keep the suggestions coming. Um, it's, it's helpful for us. It helps us plan future shows. It opens us up to new... Um, to new topics that we may not have otherwise looked into before, um, but it's a it's a lot of fun for us. So um, we always we always like to uh, put out that uh, 
or put out that request. Um, and with that, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with some of the newsworthy items? Yeah, so I uh, just wanted to quickly mention uh, that the nominees for both the Agatha Award as well as the Edgar Award have been announced uh, recently. And I mean, I'm basically the shruggy emoji about these. Um, the, <laughs> there are like a couple of like books that we love that are nominated, which are great, like The Widows of Malabar Hill. Is up for best historical novel uh, for the Agatha Award, and um, like the nonfiction stuff, like the best fact crime uh, category for the Edgar nominations are like really great. It has um, Feather Thief and I'll Be Gone in the Dark and things like that. Um, so, like, there are some like little bits here and there that are like really great. But when it comes to like the big nominees, like best contemporary novel and best uh, new novel, things like that, just best novel overall for Edgar Awards. Both, I feel like both of us are just kind of like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I usually, you know, I tried to, there's usually one or two, <clears throat> there's one or two novels, um, every year that I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, I can see why that was nominated. I'm familiar with it. It was getting a lot of buzz, you know? Okay. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. You know, um, I may not have read it, but I'm like, okay, you know, that makes sense. Like last, last year, or the year before with uh, bluebird, bluebird, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but like, yeah, this year for the Edgar awards, the, the best for best novel, I'm looking at them and I'm like, there's, only one book on here that I'm like, okay, I recognize that as a book that came out this year. Um, like the rest of them, I'm like, yeah, I know, I know of the author, but I don't remember hearing anything big about these particular books. I feel like there were probably a lot more buzzworthy or, you know, just it doesn't even necessarily have to be buzzworthy, but just books that were talked about more like last year. And I'm looking at that going, I'm like, I, I don't know how these books were chosen, to be perfectly honest. I, I mean, I'm sure they're great mysteries, but I'm I'm just kind of looking at it like, like, how did these books get chosen? And the same thing, we, I think we were talking about uh, best debut novel for the Edgars or best first novel. Mm-hmm. And we're like, half of them were like, are these really, are these mysteries? I don't know about that. Like, um... You know, it's definitely more along the lines of like, you know, literary fiction. I'm like, yeah, which is which is fine. But, you know, for a mystery award, you know, is that the one you want to pick? I don't know. Um, So, yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking more about each of these awards as the actual award uh, uh, banquet or dinner. The ceremony, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, as each award ceremony comes up, I'm sure we'll be talking about these more in depth, probably reading a couple of the books that are nominated. But yeah, I'm just kind of like, eh. <laughs> yeah, usually like, uh, I mean, I was telling you this beforehand, I'm pretty like met on book awards and awards in general, um, just because like, they sometimes feel a little bit too inside baseball. Um, and partially because there is that lack of transparency. So like when they're picking these, I'm like, what did, what are you like? I can never, I never know like what the judges or whoever are looking for in like, say the best novel of the year or best first novel, like what is considered because like part of it is always like what is considered a mystery book. Um, And then part of it is also just like, man, I've read some really fantastic books this year. Um, 
and some of these just feel like kind of mad books. I also get very um, side eye about awards whenever there are book awards specifically whenever there are books nominated that I like DNF'd. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe that's part of it as well. There are like a couple of books that I saw in here where I'm just like, I mean, I guess, but. <laughs> No, so, yeah, I'm I, the same way. Yeah, so I don't know. I I feel like the thing that I was like scrolling through and the only thing I had to comment on was the fact that for best television episode, uh, they have both Brooklyn Nine-Nine and uh, Blue Bud- Bloods nominated for the same award. And I'm like, that'll never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was hoping to see like... I don't know the TV episodes. Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah. Sometimes they're like, oh yeah, I recognize that. But this yeah. this year, I was just like, nope. I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> I don't watch any think, of these shows. I think. Well, one of them's an Amazon show. Obviously, I just mentioned Blue Bloods and Brooklyn Nine Nine, which are both network. And then mm-hmm. the other two, it says it's from Acorn TV. I think they're like European, British, something uh... like that. So that's the only thing I can think. Because I've never heard of Acorn TV otherwise. If anyone's listening that knows what Acorn TV is, <laughs> I mean, know. there's enough like streaming stuff out there, but I'm at least pretty aware of like most American like networks and uh, channels and whatnot. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, I was going to say, speaking of TV and streaming networks, hey, nice. um, we, this is this this weekend or last few days has been. The news and, like, the entertainment websites have been talking about Ted Bundy a lot. Um, The reason for this, if you're not aware, um, was on Friday, I think it was, Netflix released a uh, Ted uh, documentary about Ted Bundy. Uh, I I can't remember the full name of it. It was something about the Ted Bundy tapes. Um, so it's based, it's a four episode documentary series where they talk about his crimes, um, how he was ultimately apprehended, his trial, um, his execution, and it is, um, it's terrifying. It is absolutely horrifying. Um, it very disturbing. Like I, I read, I can read horror all the time I watch, you know, I watch horror movies. Nothing freaks me out like true crime does. And specifically like Ted Bundy, like the, I've read Anne Rule's book, The Stranger Beside Me. This, this stuff, it just, oh my gosh, scares the living daylights out of me. So we watched the documentary series and then there was also a trailer that was released uh, where Zac Efron is playing Ted Bundy um, in a movie called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. That is the full full title. Um, so the trailer for that movie was released. There is a lot of mixed reactions to it. I have not had an opportunity to watch it yet, but it sounds like the trailer is uh, accompanied by oddly upbeat kind of rock music that makes the movie seem like it's kind of like a dark comedy or some kind of like like where it portray where it might portray Ted Bundy as like a sympathetic character. Um, so we'll we'll link to the trailer. Um, you guys can take a look, see for yourself what you know what what your perception is. Um, my on, my guess is that they are probably trying to uh, focus on how um, likable Ted Bundy was and how 
you know, he, his friends and family members and the people he worked with, you know, never would have suspected that he was, you know, that he was this horrible person that committed these atrocious crimes. Um, you know, that, that was one of his characteristics and it's something you see in the documentary. He was a very charismatic person. And so the trailer is probably trying to capitalize on that. Um, I, I, like I said, I have not seen it personally, so whether or not it succeeds or not, I cannot say yet. Um, but that trailer is out there. But then in related news, Netflix on Twitter, like today or yesterday or something like that, they went onto Twitter and begged viewers to stop calling Ted Bundy hot. WTF, people. Oh my gosh. This is... I just, I don't have words. I, I have no words. Um, there's, there's a, we'll link to a news article if you want proof. It's there. They included some of the, some tweets that people have been sending out while watching the Netflix documentary series. And if you want to have any hope in humanity, I don't recommend reading them. But, you know, I, to each their own. But still, WTF people, this, this, this is not okay. <laughs> No, everyone needs therapy. Um, that's <laughs> because this is also, I mentioned this in our show notes, but like this basically is the same story that's happening with uh, the adaptation of You that's currently on TV, uh, the adaptation of Carolyn Kepner's book. Um, so Penn Bagley is playing uh, the main character. I don't know the main character's name, uh, but it's he's playing like the stalker character. And he apparently keeps like going on social media because people keep like tagging him and stuff, talking about how like either attracted they are to his character in the show or like just talking about like their uncomfortable feelings about how they feel about this character. And he keeps like going into like social media and being like please stop this is a he's a terrible person he's a stalker and all of these terrible things uh please don't have feelings for him like this is not okay <laughs> like this you should not be feeling those things that is not the point um so like honest like legitimately like every everyone needs therapy not like and l- legitimately everyone should just like have therapy like this that's not like a way to shame people but like honestly like people need to work through their feelings a little bit <laughs> Yeah, no, it's people need an intervention, I think, is what we need here. Yeah. Okay. Slightly happier news. Do you want to finish this up for us? Yeah, I was like, in uh, better adaptation news. (laughs) Um, USA Network has officially picked up the pilot for Dare Me. Uh, the adaptation of Dare Me by Meg Cabot, um, which is super exciting. Meg Cabot. Megan Abbott. (laughs) Well, that would be a different... is an author. Yeah, she is, but it would not be the exact same book. It would be a very different book if Meg Cabot wrote it. <laughs> um, so yes, um, they uh, made the adaptation, and so the series is going to be on USA Network here in the United States, and then Netflix is uh, going to be distributing it internationally. So um, that is something that is coming. I'm super excited to see like how they end up adapting this one. I actually haven't read Dare Me. Dare Me is one of hers that I haven't read yet. Have you read this one? Yeah, I did. Um, I think I listened to it on audio. Um, It was, I liked it. Um, I think, I, it's, I, I think um, Now You See Me, right? Mm -hmm. The gymnastics one, right? Yeah. Okay. No, you will know me. You will know me. Um, Uh. You, yeah, with that one, I think oh, yeah. Dare Me was trying to be that, but it wasn't quite there yet. 
Um, you will know me is fantastic. I love that one. Um, yeah. And dare me the audio, like the voices of the different female characters, got a little got a little tiresome by the end, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it, and I really liked the concept of it. Um, Execution-wise, I think she's, I think her writing just has gotten stronger. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I feel like Megan Abbott's one of those authors who you can see her getting stronger with each book. Um, so sort of, like, going backwards doesn't work quite as well with her work. So, like, if you started off with, like, You Will Know Me, I feel like her earlier works kind of pale in comparison to that one. Or even her recent one that was about um, the scientist that I can't remember the name of because I'm tired. Give me uh, your hand. Was that it? Yeah. Yes, that is it. Good job. Um, you're a great librarian. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yes, if you are a fan of Megan Abbott's, um, you have this uh, adaptation to look forward to. I don't think they have announced exactly when it's going to be coming out um, into the world. But yeah, that is a thing. Or if you haven't given Megan Abbott's uh, books to try yet, then maybe you can pick up Dare Me as your first one to read before the adaptation comes out. Awesome. All right. So I'm going to jump into our first sponsor, um, which is Book Clubbish. Uh, 2019 has some truly spine-tingling suspense novels to sink your teeth into. Everything from exciting debut authors to new releases from bestsellers, these suspense titles will take readers to some new, unexpected places and hit readers with more twists and turns than you'll ever see coming. Book Clubbish is your go-to destination for finding your next great read. You'll never be without a book this year given their incredible lineup. Uh, New York Times bestselling authors Christina Dodd, Mary Kubica, Heather Graham, and Kat Martin all have new books coming out this year, and they are not to be missed. Are you looking for the next woman in the window? Find your next great suspense read on bookclubbish.com. For a complete list of their 2019 uh, thrills and chills titles, you can go to bookclubbish.com now, and we thank them very much for sponsoring the show. All right. So for our main topic uh, for this episode, we thought we would talk about uh, African-American or black uh, mystery writers, uh, we had someone write in saying that they wanted just more recommendations along those lines. And we're always here to um, help highlight more diverse and lesser known authors. Um, so yeah, we each picked an author that we've been meeting to read for a little while now and decided to check out one of their books. Uh, so Katie, do you want to kick kick things off with uh, the book that you read? Yeah. Um, so the book that I read was A Dark and Deadly Deception by Eleanor Taylor Bland. Um, and she, like, this This is like backlist titles. Um, this was actually, um, this is part of her Marty McAllister series. The first book, um, Dead Time, was written in 92. And then A Dark and Deadly Deception is actually the last book in her series. Um, and that was published in 2005. So even that one is... Even the most recent ones going, you know, pretty far back. She passed away in 2010. Um, so that's, I think, part of, the, well, obviously part of the reason why there haven't been um, any novels since then. Um, but she died several years after the publication of the last book. Um, but the reason why I picked this particular book was because she has very strong ties to, she. she's a local author for, um, for especially for for me in where I live in where I live and work in Illinois, um, she was very local to the area that I grew up in, that I work in. Um, so I thought, and she's kind of like. Um, 
she or you know some authors like uh like for example um Ray Bradbury um whenever he whenever he wrote his novels and he set them in Greentown everyone knew that that was Waukegan Illinois which is where he um which is where he grew up. Um, well, Eleanor Taylor Bland, she does the same thing, except her version of Waukegan is called uh, Lincoln Prairie. Um, so I, so I picked this book up thinking, okay, you know, locally this this would have you know some interest to it. The main the main storyline for this particular book, uh, Marty McAllister is a detective. She used to live in Chicago. She's been relocated to Lincoln Prairie. Um, there's a, and then there's a Holly, there's a big movie that's filming on location. Um, and the body of one of the, one of the actresses in the movie turns up dead in the, in a nearby river. And then, um, and then there's another case that comes up: the skeletal remains of a gunshot victim that turns up in a in like a building that's like a hundred years old. Um, and at first, they seem unconnected. One of them, the case of the actress who was uh, murdered and found in the river, there's stuff with she may have had stuff going on with gambling. There was some jewelry that was that was of historical interest. Um, and then she's piecing, and then she's piecing together, um, the, the, what happened to this, this skeleton that's found, that's found in, in the old house. And then as is often the case with mysteries, if you have two seemingly unrelated cases show up at the beginning of the book, chances are they're going to be connected by the end of the book. And so I have I um, I've gotten about halfway through this one. I have I wasn't able to finish it in time for um, in time for tonight's recording. Um, so I'm only just now kind of starting to get into the meat of each of, of each of the mysteries. Um, but it's this is definitely this would be a series I think if you're looking. I don't know. I don't know if cozy police procedural is a thing, but that's kind of what it feels like. There, there's no like graphic violence, but you get some of the police procedural elements. You know, working with her with her partner and other cops on the on the same as part of the same division. Her interactions with her superiors. Um, you know how cases get investigated and processed, and so you get a lot of that minutia in the story. Um, but yet, like I said, there's, there's no, there isn't any graphic violence. Um, it's very easy, you know, it's easy to read in that sense. Um, and with, with this book, like I mentioned, it's, you know, set in an area that I'm very familiar with. I did not realize exactly how specific she would get with different things. Like she, she never uses well, she uses um, the like outside of that area. She uses things like she's talking about. Um, if anyone is familiar at all with the area, with that, with that area of Illinois, there's a nearby town called Gurney. She mentions Gurney by name and the big, the Gurney Mills, which is the big shopping mall out that way, and Six Flags Great America, which is one of the one of the big attractions in Gurney. Um, and so it's you know, and she's talking about Route 41 and like, oh yeah, there's this rest, this diner that's like off the the side on Route 41. I was like, oh my gosh, I've driven past that place so many times. I know exactly where she's talking. 
talking about. Um, and the places that are in the Waukegan Lincoln Prairie area, these are things that I'm like, not only are these locations that I know extremely well, but like, I'm like, I remember when this thing was actually happening. They talk about renovating the Waukegan's old theater. I'm like, this is exactly the time when the theater was being renovated. And when they talk about the movie being filmed on the stretch of highway, that is a stretch of highway that frequently they film like chase scenes out there. Like if anyone, like for anyone who's seen Batman Begins, the chase scene where where the Batmobile is like going over the rooftops and then like drops onto a highway, that is that stretch of highway. Like so, there are like these. It's almost like Easter eggs um, if you live in the area. If you don't live in the area, this will mean absolutely nothing to you. <laughs> But for me, it was almost <laughs> distracting me. Like I had to like remind myself, like no, 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 you got to stop looking for this stuff. You got to focus on the mystery. Um, so it was a very surreal reading experience. Um, so my reaction is very, my reaction is very individualized. Um, and so I, so you know, I have this very strong connection to all of the places that that she talks about. So, um, I, so like, but yeah, like I said, the, the mystery itself seems like it would be, it would be good, um, for, for someone who is into more traditional mysteries is not into graphic violence. If they don't want, if you don't want a mystery where the main character is like untrustworthy or unlikable, this would be a great one for that because Marty McAllister, she's, you know, she plays it straight. She's not, you know, she, she's not an unreliable narrator. She's, you know, she's a good person. She is a good person police officer she wants to do the right thing so if you if you're not into you know like i said the kind of unreliable or unlikable main uh main characters um if that's not your jam this would probably be be um a good book or a good series um and i don't i would recommend probably reading these in order just because there is a lot of there is a lot of uh information about the characters personal lives like you don't have to have read the other books to kind of pick up on it but i think it would make a lot more sense if you had um so you know you can keep that in mind if you're interested in the series but again um the uh author is eleanor taylor bland the first book in the series um is dead time and then the book that i read was a dark and deadly deception all right mine is sort of like the opposite of that um <laughs> So I read August Snow by Stephen Mac Jones. This is a relative, uh, relatively new release. I think it came out like a year or two ago. Um, he has a new book out in this series uh, called Lives Laid Away, which just came out this month or is, yeah, it just came out in January. Um, so this was such a fun book to read. Like this book is all plot and action. Like it feels like you're watching an action movie the entire time that you're reading this book. So if that's sort of your jam, then you will really, really like this book. Uh, so this one, you are following this character named August Snow. He is a police officer, an ex-police officer for the Detroit Police Department. He got uh, removed because he basically snitched on a corrupt the entire corrupt department and the mayor um, and ended up getting like a $12 million uh, payout or something like that. Um, 
he is of um, African American and Mexican American descent. Um, he, after the lawsuit, he basically becomes like a pariah in the city. So he leaves for a while, travels a little bit, and then decides to return home to Detroit. And he's now like figuring out sort of what he's going to do next. Um, he ends up meeting up with an old uh, acquaintance named Eleanor Paget, who she wants him to look into um, some suspicious things that are going on at her investment bank. Um, August Snow decides to decline because he doesn't want to be a detective or he does, you know, he doesn't have a private eye license and he's not a police officer anymore. Uh, so she, he de- decides to decline. Uh, but then the next day, Eleanor Paget is found dead of an apparent suicide. Um, but August doesn't believe that it actually was a suicide. So he starts looking into things and everything sort of escalates from there. Um, so yeah, like I said, this was like just a really fun book. Uh, one of the things I really, really enjoy about this book is like how significant Detroit is in this book. Um, I've been to Detroit a couple of times. I know the city. I don't really know the city like super well, but I'm like aware of the city, obviously, because I visited before um, and I know people who live out there. And I feel like Stephen Mac Jones does such a great job of like talking about Detroit and infusing Detroit. You can tell like he's from the area and he loves the area so much. Um, So it's one of those books where like the city feels like a part of the story as well. Um, So if you are someone who likes books like that, I would definitely recommend this one, especially because Detroit is one of those cities that I don't feel like is written about super often, Um, but it's also like super placed in the now of Detroit too. So it talks about the fact that it is or has been through this like significant decline over the years and things like that. And that also plays a part in all the stuff that's going on here. Um, August Snow is a bit of a complicated character i will say (laughs) he's uh follows like he has a lot of pride and a lot of ego and sometimes i was reading this book just being like man you are real dumb (laughs) like making some real dumb choices just because like you it's all pride and ego but it's also sort of like that action movie thing where things still seem to turn out okay for him um it works out very well that he has $12 million because he has like that heart of gold and tries to like help people out in his neighborhood and things like that. Um, so there are word times where I'm just like, well, this is kind of stereotypical. But also if you're going into this knowing it's sort of like a popcorn action flick in book form, that's sort of how things go as well. And so I kind of just really enjoyed the ride. So if you are looking for a book that has just like a lot of really fun plot action. Um, August Snow would be a really great one to pick up. And like I said, he he wrote a second book in the series that just came out called Lives Laid Away. So there are two books out now that you could potentially pick up. Um, but yeah, it was it was just like a really fun read. There's a really fun cast of characters in here as well that I'm hoping uh, will show up in the second book. I own the second book as well. Um, so I'm hoping to pick that one up maybe later this year. But the cast of characters are really fun that um, both August Snow is, I think, a former Marine. And there's um, another character in here named Frank, who is former Army. And they end up becoming friends and they have like a really fun uh, friendship. There's a character in here named Tomas, who's a friend of his. Um, There's like a hacker guy named Skittles, who he works with. And it's yeah, it's just like a really fun cast of characters Um, there. It's very like dude heavy though and like dude centric and so there are like certain parts that made me a little bit uh i wouldn't say cringe but i was just like yeah is that really necessary but i mean it happened 
Yeah. Yeah, eyebrow is a good word for it. Um, so just be forewarned for stuff like that. But again, like it's sort of like typical action movie thing where there is some slight comments made about women where I'm just like, yeah, I mean, they're not inappropriate, but I'm just like, is that really necessary? Is that the best choice you yeah. could have made? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how I felt sometimes watching or reading this book. But again, if you watch like, I don't want to say Transformers because Transformers is terrible, uh, but... <laughs> I mean, the first Transformers is fine, but you know who you're dealing with with Transformers. So, um, terrible people. So you would expect it to be terrible. Anyways, that's a tangent. Uh, so yes, August Snow by Stephen Mac Jones. Really fun, really fun book. If you are into, uh, just a book with a lot of plot and a lot of action, this would be a really great one to pick up. It, it's a, very much a page turner and it was one that I was like very excited uh, to pick it up every time I did. Sorry, I'm just, I was like, he's really dumb. Oh, that was funny. Huh? <laughs> what? I, was just... I mean, yeah, I, you guys can read the book and judge him for yourself. <laughs> like, he's not like a stupid character, but he just makes the most uh, stupid All right, choices. well, on that note, um so yeah if any of you have any um other suggestions for um black authors that you really like um of course february is black history month but these are authors to be read year round um so if you have any suggestions for us uh please do let us know we're always interested um we're always interested in discovering new authors um and with that uh do you want to want to give us our second sponsor Yep. Um, so our second sponsor for this episode is Fate, an Uncle Chow Tongue novel by Ian Hamilton. So this takes place in Hong Kong, 1970. The dragon head of Fanling Triad has died and there is a struggle to replace him among senior members of the gang. Sensing opportunity, neighboring gangs begin to make threatening moves and it's obvious to the Fanling Triad that they need a leader who can fend off the threats, unite the membership, and maintain their prosperity. There are several candidates. The least conspicuous is the white paper fan, their young administrator. His name is... Chow Tung, but many of those who work with him already refer to him as Uncle. So Ian Hamilton is the author of the Ava Lee series. Uh, his books have been shortlisted for a number of prizes, including Arthur Ellis Awards, the Barry Award, and the Lombada Literary Prize, and our national bestsellers. Uh, so this is the first book in a spinoff from the Ava Lee, Lee series featuring fan favorite Uncle Chow Tung and his ascendancy to the head of the Triad Gang in Fanling. Uh, the Uncle spinoff series already has two other books in the work works, and BBC Culture named Hamilton as one of the ten mystery crime writers from the last thirty years that you should have on your bookshelf. Um, the Ava Lee series is currently also being adapted uh, for television, so it is a book that you can a series you can check out before you uh, check out the TV show. Um, and the Ava Lee series has received star reviews in Publishers Weekly and has been endorsed by Linwood Barclay, uh, Taylor Stevens, Barbara Peters, and more. Um, so that again, that is Fate, an Uncle Chow Tongue novel by Ian Hamilton. And thanks so much to them for sponsoring this episode. All right. So I've got new releases and this is going to be like... I'm going to have to bust through these because there are so many f flipping amazing sounding books that are being released in the next two weeks. So this is like mega new releases section. So without further ado, um, 
their uh, first book on the list is Death Prefers Blondes by Caleb Roerig, um, which is already uh, which is already um, out. Um, it came out comes out today. Tuesday, so by the time you listen to it, it'll have already been out. Uh, features teenage socialite Margot Manning, who dodges the paparazzi by day and uh, pulling off high-stakes cat burglaries uh, with her team at night. But then Margot's personal life takes a sudden dark turn, and a job to end all jobs lands her crew in deadly peril. With their backs against the wall, the resourceful thieves must draw on their special skills to survive. But can one rebel heiress and four kickboxing drag queens withstand the slings and arrows of truly outrageous fortune? So pretty much all you need to know about this book is it's a YA heist novel with kickboxing drag queens. There you go. So that is Death Prefers Blondes by Caleb Rohrig. Um, he is also the author of White Rabbit, which I talked about a few episodes ago, which is so good. Um, so you'll want to read that one as well. Has nothing to do with this story, but it is also amazing. Um, next on the list, we have Spin by Lamar, I, I don't know if it's Giles or Giles, um, but it is another YA novel that is, um, that is already out and available for purchase. Uh, when rising star Paris Secord, a.k.a. DJ Parsec, is found dead on her turntables, it sends the local music scene reeling. No one is feeling that grief more than her shunned pre-fame best friend Kaya and Parsec's chief groupie Fuse, two sworn enemies who happen to be the ones who discovered her body. The police have few leads, and when the, cra- when the trail quickly turns cold, the authorities don't seem to be pushing too hard to investigate further. Only no one counted on Paris's deeply loyal fans, Parsec Nation, or the outright that would drive Fuse and Kaya to work together. As Parsec Nation takes to social media and the streets in their crusade for justice, Fuse and Kaya start digging into Paris's past, stumbling across a deadly secret. With new info comes new motives, new suspects, and a fandom that will stop at nothing in their obsessive quest for answers, not even murder. So, again, that is Spin by Lamar Giles, or Giles, and that, um, that is out January 29th. And then to get into some releases for next Tuesday, um, we have Evil Things by Katya Ivar, or Ivar, um, which is out on February 5th. Features Hella Mauser, who is the first ever female inspector in the Helsinki Homicide Unit, um, but her superiors deemed her too, quote-unquote, emotional for the job and had her reassigned. Now, two years later, she receives a letter from the village of Carmela on the Soviet border informing them of the disappearance of a local. Her supervisor doesn't believe a crime has actually been committed, but then a body is found, and Hella realizes that the small village of Carmela is harboring another crime, a crime so evil it is being beyond anything any of them could have ever imagined. Um, so this seems like a, a really interesting, dark, uh, Nordic thriller um, set, in, set in that area where dark things happen. Um, you know, that area. Um, so again, the book is Evil Things by Katya Ivar, or Ivar, and that is out on February 5th. And then uh, jumping into the psychological suspense area, we have The Silent Patient by Alex Michaelitz or Michaelitz. I'm sure I mispronounced that. <laughs> that is out on February 5th as well. 
Um, feature, uh, the main character, so to speak, is Alicia Berenson, um, whose life is seemingly perfect until one evening her husband Gabriel returns home from late from a fashion shoot and Alicia shoots him five times in the face and then never speaks another word. She is hidden away from the tabloids at a secure forensic unit in London, while Theo Faber, a criminal psychotherapist, is determined to get Alicia to talk and unravel the mystery of why she shot her husband in a search for the truth that threatens to consume him. Um, this book, I know of one, uh, one book rioter was listening to this on audio and she reads a lot of mystery and suspense. And she, when listening to it on audio, she said it got to a part where she said, I did not see that coming. So this sounds like it's got a really interesting twist. Um, if you're into dark psychological suspense, um, this book has been getting a ton of buzz. I'm really excited to read it. I do have a copy here at my, at my place. Um, the, and again, that is The Silent Patient by Alex. Michaelides or Michaelides um, out on February 5th. And then finally, we have The Hiding Place by C.J. Tudor, um, who is also the author of The Chalk Man, which I can't remember if I talked about on this show, but it's really creepy. Um, and I'm, so, of course, I loved it. Um, so this is her next book. It's a standalone, has nothing to do with The Chalk Man. Um, but again, The Hiding Place. Uh, Joe never wanted to come back to his old school after all the betrayal and death and the disappearance of his sister, and he definitely didn't want to lie his way into a teaching job there. But Joe doesn't have a choice, because judging by what was done to that poor Morton kid, what happened all those years ago to Joe's sister is happening again, and only Joe knows who is really at fault. But the hardest part of all will be returning to the abandoned mine where it all went wrong and finally confronting the shocking, horrifying truth about his sister. Because for Joe, the worst moment of his life was the day his sister went missing. It was the day she came back. Um, I just love this description because it just gets progressively more and more unsettling and creepy. Um, so again, that is The Hiding Place by C.J. Tudor. That comes out on February 5th as well. And then we've got a few honorary mentions because I'm telling you, there were a ton of books that came out that are coming out these next couple of weeks. Um, we have The Plotters by Unsu Kim. Uh, which is out on January 29th. Um, a couple episodes ago, I know Rincey talked about this book as one of the books she was most looking forward to in 2019. So that one's coming out very soon. Well, came out today, actually. Megan Miranda has a new novel out called Come Find Me. Um, she was the author of All the Missing Girls, which was a story that was got a lot of hype because it was told in reverse. So she has a new psychological suspense novel out um, that is already available for purchase. And then uh, Jane Harper's standalone novel, The Lost Man, is coming out on February 5th. And we love anything related to Jane Harper. So I'm sure I'm sure most of you already have that on your radar, but I uh, could not pass up a mention here. And with that, I am finished. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> All right. Uh, so to just, you know, quickly run through what we've been reading recently, I haven't finished anything that would be like related to the podcast in terms of like mysteries and thrillers. I've read stuff, but none of them have been mysteries or thrillers or anything along those lines. Uh, but I did recently start Sweet Little Lies by Kaz Fear, which is a book that came out last year. And I heard like little bits about it here and there, but it wasn't anything significant. But from what I heard, I got like pretty positive reviews. So I have a copy of that that I have just started. So I don't really have an opinion on it yet. Um, and then after that, I probably will read The Plotters. I got sent a copy of it. And so I'm like, 
it's one of my most anticipated. It might as well. <laughs> um, and the way that like the new pitch or whatever that they're doing for it is they're like, it's as if Wes Anderson wrote a thriller. Oh. So, so that's like the new elevator pitch that's going along with it that has like piqued my interest even more just to see what that means. Um, so yeah, that, that's my update. <laughs> All right. Well, for me, I finally finished Lethal White by Robert Galbraith, aka JK Rowling. Um, I had thoughts about this book. Um, the, I will not go into detail with those thoughts. We might have to do a spoiler-filled episode about it at some point so I can talk about these thoughts. Um, but it is it is long. Um, there is a lot of stuff going into the personal um, histories of uh, Cormoran Strike and Robin. Um, so be aware that, that 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 is a thing. For me, I love their character so much that I didn't didn't bother me that it took a while to get to the actual mystery um so just but just be aware of that and it is a longer book so the the pacing is a little bit slower um the mystery itself i was a little afraid of how dark it would end up being based on how dark career of evil was um it's not i mean it's dark but it's not to the level that i was afraid she was going to go after career of evil because that one was like horrifying um this one is like the mystery is much like it, it it's a lot more palatable um and it's very it's very intricately done very into, very smart mystery i i loved it i i loved listening to the audio as always the narrator is amazing um and like i said i've got thoughts about it so hopefully i'll be able to share those thoughts with you uh at some point um and then i am about halfway through uh force of nature by jane harper which is the second book in her aaron fox series about a group of co-workers that go on a uh corporate hiking retreat um the men and women are split up five women go into the woods for only four of them come out um and then you learn and you learn pretty quickly that the one who didn't come out she was set to testify against the company um there's a there's an ongoing secret investigation into the financial uh dealings of of this company and she's their um she's their inside person and then she's the one who goes missing in the woods um I think it's a test or it's this book shows how much I read the blog ask a manager because the whole time I'm reading this I'm like see this is why she says corporate corporate hiking things involving physical activity are not a good idea. <laughs> and I'm like and I am reading this I'm like what would Allison Green say about this? And so I might need to take a break from that blog because I'm like I don't feel like that should be my dominant thought while reading this book. Um, it is, it's Jane Harper. It's really well written. It's really intriguing. Um, I hope to have it finished in the next couple of days. Maybe I'll finish it tomorrow in my, uh, you know, with my uh, snow day, um, or cold day or whatever we're calling tomorrow. Um, so hopefully by next, uh, episode, I will have, uh, finished that one. All right. So that is our show. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. If you um, are interested in links to anything that we talked about here, whether it's any of the news stories or any of the books that we mentioned, uh, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen for show notes. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, definitely leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that way other people can discover us. If you want to send us feedback, Either tell us like your favorite um, black mystery writers or if you want to give us suggestions for future episodes, uh, you can email us. Our email is redordead at bookriot.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Rincey A. And I am on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. 
and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.